It's time for another episode of Squaring Up the Sharp. We are here with you for uh, the divisional round. The wild card is behind us, and we are here to discuss uh, a lot of football, a lot of different things that we're going to talk about today. Uh, it's a little, little bit shorter of an episode for you. Uh, we do have Michael Vale coming on with us uh, in a little bit. It's going to be a separate episode, but we're going to have him on as well. And uh, I'm Max Carroll. I'm joined by Austin Weinrich. How you doing, Austin? I'm doing good today, Max. Excited for another round of playoff football and talk about maybe some uh, new head coach hirings here. Yeah. Um, if the divisional round is anything like the wild card round, we're in, we're in store for some good football because those are all pretty good games that we got to uh, to watch this past weekend. And uh, just a couple things before we get started. We are presented by the link, as, as we always say. Uh, make sure to check out the website, linksports.com, L-Y-N-Q sports.com. Everything's free, betting analysis, opinion pieces, a lot of stuff coming out now, end of season awards, uh, all that stuff. So make sure to check it out, L-Y-N-Q sports.com. So as we get started here, uh, we're going to, you know, I'm curious because, you know, there's some there's some good shows out there, and I just want to get your take because the, uh, the Witcher... Yeah, came we both watched The Witcher. Yeah, it came out on Netflix, and for those of you who, you know, have played the game or follow the storyline, I think there's a book, right? Is there a book? Oh, or? I don't know. I've never played the game before. I don't. I didn't know much going into it. So I've actually, and I, and, you know, I want to get into this before all the football talk, but you you just finished the season, correct? Yes, I did. What'd you think of it? Um, I thought it was an interesting way to develop the story. I don't want to give too many spoilers away for people who haven't seen it yet. It is fairly new. But uh, the director or writers took a creative decision that... I don't know if I agree with the way they plotted out this season. What do you think of that? It was a little confusing. Uh, For those of you who have seen it, kind of probably can get the gist of what we're talking about. A little of... Uh, you know what's what's the term the, plot line manipulate yeah, yeah well, they go, go back in time and they you, but they never they tell really, you yeah so you kind of have to figure it out yourself but as you someone know. who didn't know anything about the story i don't know if that's how i would introduce that to someone yeah it's almost <laughs> it's almost like they kind of wanted that they were catering to people who already kind of knew the story and it's hard for for new watchers but you know, obviously, Game of Thrones has been o- over for a while now, so people are looking for that, you know, new fantasy. Well, they, they're looking for the tits. Well, a ton yeah. of tits and sex. And... <laughs> there, there is a lot of that, and uh, you know, so that's it's try. It's not trying to take the place, but kind of hold. I'm pretty those sure hands in the first over. episode, they're showing an orgy, right? When he goes to um, uh, meet that guy. Yeah, he's having that guy's. <laughs> I think it's yes. No, that's the there first might episode. be okay. So then, well, there's another one later on. There's a, there's a couple, there's a couple of them, but uh, so it's an interesting show. <laughs> but I know Lord of the Rings. I think is coming out. Yeah, twenty one. I think. I don't they're know. Coming I, out with a, coming out been, with a series for that. Um, that's been going on for years. They're saying this is coming out. It's coming out, but so it's a big thing right now. The fantasy, you know, set in that world. The uh, you know whatever age that was but that's you know kind of that that fantasy world um but yeah i was just curious what you thought about that because i i finished it as well i i enjoyed it i have played the game so i kind of knew some of the characters and and things like that um now does it follow the game at all or so yes or no i was a little confused by the characters because maybe i just didn't understand the backstory as well but um 
Yeah, I mean, the, knowing the characters helps a little bit. So, you know, in your case where you don't know the characters, it's I could see why it's a little bit confusing because they focus on certain people. It's like, all right, why are they focusing on this person, you know? Um, and, I mean, I don't know if they really... They never really explained how he became a witcher or whatever. Yeah. And, like, I don't even know what his powers are. <laughs> they just randomly pop up. He's got superhuman strength, and he can, you know, throw his hands and, and you know, kind of air blast people and push them out of the I know, way. but they don't say anything Yeah, well, that, yeah, it would be nice to have a little bit more of a backstory as to what, yeah. you know, how he got to where he... And they kind of get into it a little bit. Yeah, with the family aspect, but it was, um, you know, I I enjoyed it, and I I'm not a big, you know, for me, I don't get into new shows that often because you're not a big movie guy. Are I'm you? not a big movie guy. I'm not a big show guy. I like, I watch The Office and it's always sunny, and that's <laughs> I watch those on rerun for the rest of my life because to me those are great shows. As far as putting time into a new show, like I've I've seen one episode of Game of Thrones, <laughs> just because I, I know that you have to put a lot of time into it, and before you know it, you know <laughs> you just lose yourself in in the world, and you know you five hours goes by, and Netflix is asking you if you're still watching because there's like, like there's no way there's no way that you're still sitting there watching this. So as far as putting the time into new shows, that's. You know, I have a little bit more trouble with it than most people. That's huh. all. Maybe uh, we'll start having a pop culture segment. I'll get you to watch some movies. Because I'm a big movie guy, new TV show guys, rewatching TVs. I have been watching the show You. No, have, God. You haven't watched that? What are you, my girlfriend? Jesus. <laughs> it's, I think it's it's an interesting... Yeah, I watched an episode. I was like, this is horrible. I think it's, it's poorly it's, written. It's inter- <laughs> I think it's interesting. It's, you know, it's uh, kind of got that, that murder mystery, you know, psychological mm-hmm. thriller type... Uh, storyline to it, which I tend to enjoy, but um, I'll get you to I watch the Mandalorian next. I, that is, I've, I've heard good things. <laughs> it's great. I finished I, that already too. You know, the whole Baby Yoda thing. <laughs> they're actually coming out with a plush. Disney's coming <laughs> out with a plush Baby Yoda doll in twenty, but it's not being released till till uh, later on this year. So they actually put a release date on a plush Baby Yoda doll. Well, they're printing money on top of money. Yeah, at right. Disney. I know. It's. Uh, it's wild, but um, yeah. So I was just curious what you thought before we got into all the uh, all the good stuff here. So uh, let's move into what's kind of going on right now. Do the uh, uh, head we, coaching hires? Yeah, before we get into the games, um, obviously, you know, some big head coaching hires. You want to run through a few of them real quick? Yeah, we got uh, Mike McCarthy getting hired to the Dallas Cowboys. What's your initial reaction to that one? You know, as a Giants fan, it seems like. These, these teams now that that are in the division with us, they have these proven head coaches. You have McCarthy, Ron Rivera, uh, Doug Peterson, all that have been to a Super Bowl, two of which have won a Super Bowl, and we're kind of starting with that that new fresh guy. So you've had these guys that are proven, and we're the we're kind of on the outside looking in. I personally wanted Mike McCarthy to come here. But it was kind of a pipe dream because you have Dave Gettleman who kind of wants control of everything, but you also have Mike McCarthy. It's kind of weird because he goes to Dallas and now has to deal with Jerry Jones, who's going to have his hand on everything. But it does seem like Jerry Jones is set back. It's not like when we were growing up where Jerry Jones had his finger in everything. It seems like he's stepped back a little bit more. You know, Maybe that's the influence of his son 
taking more of a role? Yeah, it could be. And, uh, you know, I uh, I think maybe it could be that. It could be, all right, let's, let me bring a guy in here who has experience doing stuff like that and has been around a long time so that I don't have to have that much control, even though I don't get the sense that he's the type of guy that's going to relinquish control. Well, but. I think the thing with Dallas and the Giants is Dallas is ready to – Dallas needs to win now. They have all these guys on big contracts. Yeah. They got to sign Dak to a contract this offseason. Is it so he he's it's four oh, years. He, he, was, he uh, was he didn't have a fifth round he, option. He so. did not because if you drafted yeah, after fifth, the first round, fifth year option. You can't have a fifth year option. Yeah. So yeah, that's a big move. I'm sure that they're going to bring him back. Oh yeah, they're definitely bringing. Just him a matter back. of how much money he's going to get. And, and I, I mean, su- we could talk about that all day. Is he worth you know thirty thirty five million dollars? I I personally don't think so, but I guess you could make the argument. I the thing know. is. Every quarterback contract looks bad at first, but then two years into the contract when the next person up, because the salary yes. caps are going up $10 million at least every year, 10 to $15 million. It's a constant game of, you know, just basically who's going who's gonna to be that next guy. Who, you know, salaries are going up every year, like you said. Um, you know, it's basically going to come down to is he going to be able to kind of I mean I guess the I guess the fans the fan I, I've spoken to a couple of Dallas Cowboys fans they love him they think he's worth whatever he wants he's got a I saw the comparison to him him and Sean Payton have a very similar record both have one Super Bowl McCarthy it's, yeah oh I meant the I meant for Prescott oh for, okay the, the Cowboys fans that I've talked to they love him they'll give him whatever they want but yes to your point Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton very similar and uh you know, I think Dallas will be a better team with him coaching. I think it it would it would have taken a pretty bad hire for them to regress. They have they have the the I personally believe they had they had the best talent in the division. They should have won the division, and this I think it goes to show the importance of the head coach, Jason <laughs> Garrett, where he falls short. Maybe Mike McCarthy's able to get another couple wins out of this team and put them in a position where, you know. They'd, be, they'd still be playing right now. The next one you have is... Uh, let's stay in the NFC East, then. Let's go straight to Ron Rivera yeah, and in it, Washington. This one doesn't... Honestly, it didn't feel like a change because he was hired so quickly. <laughs> like, we already knew that the Redskins were looking for a head coach. They fired their coach midseason, and then they just picked this guy up right away. I don't know who said it, but someone said it. It sounded like the Redskins just need an adult in the room, so that's why they yeah. went Ron Rivera. Yeah. Ron Rivera doesn't really, you know, worry me so much. I don't think he's like this great coach. I think he's be- He's obviously better than what they had. Uh, so in that sense, that's why I say it seems like all right. These three teams that are we're in the division with now have proven head coaches because he's been to a Super Bowl. He's dealt with Cam Newton. You know, all this stuff. Is he this? Is he like the flashy hire? He's not the flashy hire. No, but. Uh... You know, all the stories came out when he was getting fired that, you know, everyone loves him in the locker room, and I think that's what the Redskins needed. you got to try to mend that wound with Trent Williams or left tackle somehow so you could either trade him or re-sign him. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, the Redskins, as far as talent goes, are they the most talented team? 
I would no, say they're you, towards the bottom of the league. Yeah, but you want that coach that's going to get the most out of your guys. And it sounds like he is one of those guys. He'll get the most out of, you know, because you could say that the Panthers kind of overachieved. When you look at their roster, it wasn't – they didn't have anybody that blew your, <laughs> you know, blew you away. You know, Cam Newton – Besides you know, what, an MVP season. Yeah, I mean, what really is he? He's not this. He's not a, uh, a top-tier quarterback. Uh, you know, as far as the defense goes, you know, yeah, you have Keekly, you had Josh Norman, you know, you had guys like that for when they went to this, when they made that Super Bowl run. But they were going up against the Saints with Drew Brees, and they were going up against the Falcons when they, you know, look at the Falcons <laughs> and what they did, a couple, you know, for the last few years outside of this year. And and things like that. So he was going up against good competition, and he was able to make the playoffs and and get through some of that stuff. So uh, speaking of the Panthers, uh, Matt Rule, new Panthers head coach, who is seems like the uh, he's the guy the Giants wanted from all the media reports. Yeah, and you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt what you see now because everyone's going to try to spin it. You know, the Giants are going to try to spin it. Well, you know, he screwed mm-hmm. us over. He spoke to Carolina right bef- right the day before we were supposed to meet with him, you know, kind of behind our backs. But whatever, that's the business. They try to frame it that way. It's like, all right, are you kidding me? You, well, got, you guys have gotten to where you guys have become, you know, billionaires. How do you think you got there in the first place? Well, that's the thing. It's if you want this head coach, you can't let him leave the building without him signing a contract. Yeah. That's what Jerry Jones said with Mike McCarthy. He wanted Mike McCarthy, so they had a little sleepover. They said, oh, I'll stay an extra day. I'll fly you in my private jet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he, they're sending him back on Jerry Jones' private jet, and they're like, oh, let's take a little detour to uh, California and get some wine. Yeah, let's go to wine country. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, it's if Matt Rule was your guy, and apparently the Giants said, you know, we'll match – We'll match the offer. And then he calls back and says, well, this is what they offered me. And the Giants... Do you know what they offered? Me. They offered him seven years, 62 million. Plus you had to plus pay a buyout. Plus the buyout, plus <laughs> incentives that could make it seven for 70, basically. Which I agree with the Giants not matching that because that is insane for a guy who's never been a head coach in the end. Hey, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's not my money. It doesn't come out of the salary cap. So it comes out of the fans' pocket. Trust me. I, <laughs> Take hey, a break. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it, well, supposedly the new owner Jeffrey Tippert, I think his name is Tippert. Yeah. Is it David David Tippert or David Tepper? I think his name yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, he bought an MLS team a couple years ago for an expansion team, and you know, usually it's like two hundred million dollars, like to bid to become the owner. Yeah. He bid three twenty. So he just... He throws money. He's got crazy money, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, when you throw in crazy money like that, you can't really compete with somebody uh, that's going to do that. But... I mean, this is somebody... Uh, what was his head coach record at Baylor? Wasn't it 17 and 18? Um, It's a good question. I'm not 100% sure on that. I know he... I know he took over after Baylor went through that whole... Scandal. Scandal, and they, you know... They hired him, brought him in, and he did a great job, obviously. Top 10 finish this year, I believe. I think, what did they finish, like 6th or, or something? I mean, I don't um, know what the final, final rankings are, but... Yeah, but he finished, you know, top top 10, I believe, and, uh, you know, did a great job at Temple. He was 19 and 19. Okay. 
I mean, I saw the press conference, and I think you could tell, you know, he's kind of got a silver tongue. You know, he's a good he's a good public speaker. Uh, so I'm not surprised that he kind of won won them over. But I don't know. This was the, this was the guy that I wanted. You know, I think most Giants, Giants fans yeah. wanted him because this is the guy they were all pumping up. He'd worked for the Giants previously. Yeah, and he's you know he he's from from the New York area, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we'll transition now to what the Giants decided to do in bringing on Joe Judge, and he had his press conference today. Got to listen to that a little bit. Uh, you know, you don't get this. You don't get the feeling that he's really a, by the, by his press conference. You'll get the feeling that he's a Belichick guy. You know, you know what I mean. Like he, he's he's cracked a couple of jokes from what I've seen in his couple of interviews. He's yeah, given. he seems more personable, and you know, it remains to be seen. Obviously, it just that's with all these head coaches. Yeah, though. it's just you know, I wanted somebody who. It's not the sexy hire, but I mean, like I said to you privately off air, when he has two national championship rings already, three Super Bowl rings. Yeah. I mean, I I know you you sent over the statement that Belichick made about him and Nick Saban his, too, kind of his reference letter. You know, to me, it was just basically like, like I feel like he he said the same thing about Patricia, you know, <laughs> and he says the same thing about Josh McDaniel. You know, I don't know. It's just, but the thing is, I think he actually had full control of special teams, unlike uh, he probably did Patricia, who really wasn't Patricia, calling the yeah. defense. No, that's. You know, I don't know. It's, and that's why I don't think you'll see Josh McDaniels leaves because it seems like he's basically next in line for the Patriots job whenever Belichick decides to step away one way or the other. I just want – I really wanted a proven guy. That's all I wanted because we we went through McAdoosh, who was brought here. He never called plays before, you know, kind of well, rode, he called rode plays the coattails of Aaron Rodgers because the he one was a QB coach yeah. or whatever. And then he comes over here and he just – you know, blows, he just blows. And then you have um, Pat Shermer come in who, okay, you know, the big selling point for him was that he won five games with the Browns, <laughs> which hadn't been done in a while. And Which I guess is pretty impressive with the Browns win. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, and he when had did Freddie Kitchens go 6-10? and 10? Um, Or was this, I think, they, yeah, they lost their last, like, four games. Yeah, something, something like that. And, uh... You know, speaking of a team that still hasn't hired a coach, you know, what the heck's going on over there? And they talk about spinning it. Now we have first choice of whoever we want. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, first choice of last choice, basically. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just wanted the guy who has a track record of being a, a productive head coach, even if it is at the college level. I wanted somebody who had been a head coach before, knows how to run a program, and... But honestly, Joe Judge doesn't check off those boxes for me, but, you know, where where else were we going to go? That's that's what I'm saying. You didn't see any of the big-name college coaches really leave. It was just Matt Rule that left. Yeah, and, you know, Lincoln Riley was never really a serious mm-hmm. player. I think he's pretty mm-hmm. happy where he is. Uh, so, you know, I guess the thing is, is but that— Also, if you're a college coach, why would you want to leave? I mean— before the you know the Penn State stuff, Joe Paterno ran yeah, that university. Yeah, he's in charge. He, I think he's he's the highest paid 
public official in Oklahoma, just like Saban is the highest paid public official in Alabama. I think ESPN just had an article recently. It was like, oh, top salaried person in every state. It's probably a head coach. Yeah. No, it's probably true. They make more than the president of the college. Yeah. They make more than, you know... Well, you got all the boosters that give them... Yeah, it's booster money that pays the salary pretty much. But, yeah, I mean... I don't think it was that much to ask for, just to have a proven guy. And apparently the Giants had interviews lined up with McDaniels and Jason Garrett, and they didn't even interview them because they just decided they were going to go with Judge, which I'm fine with that. If you look at, to me, Jason Garrett's not a proven guy. I mean, I have, and and imagine what would have happened if they did. Oh, God. It would have been a mutiny. There'd be a noose around my neck right now. The problem that I have is that, I look at the Giants and the way the owner has acted in recent years, kind of trying to have his hand in the pie, and then the way Gettleman is with his bravado and, you know, I want to, you know, I'm the smartest person mm-hmm. in the room. Who's actually going to be making the decisions? Is Joe Judge going to be able to pick his own staff? Are they going to keep the guys they have? Is Gettleman going to be the one to hire, you know, whoever? I don't know. That's what bothers me about it is that now you have this guy who is unproven. And they might have just said, oh, we're going to hire this guy because he's not asking for control of this and this and this. We'll still have control of that. And maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe the problem is Gettleman and the owner, Mara and Tish. That's what I'm seeing on Twitter and through some sources that uh, the issue isn't the Giants roster or the ownership or anything like that. It's the Dave Gettleman problem that you look at how many people interviewed for the Giants job. Clearly, the Giants' job was desirable to a lot of people. They wanted it, but they didn't want to deal with David Gettleman. And I don't blame him. Based on what we've seen from him, I mean, the Giants, yeah, you're right. They had they had a bunch of interviews lined up. They probably up. had 12 interviews. And I could definitely I could definitely see that. You know, maybe, maybe Matt Rule came in and he's like, you know, obviously this is just speculation, but maybe he came in and he's like, you know, what are you going to treat me like I haven't done anything in my career? You know, I could see that happening. So that's what worries me about the Giants. Yeah, his arrogance definitely turns a lot of people off. That's yeah. why I knew Josh McDaniels wasn't coming that right away. Yeah, and I don't even know if he was at, from what I understand, I don't even know if he was at the press conference. <laughs> which I, I know they were talking about. I was, I've been driving around a lot today. I was listening to it on the radio. I listened to the press conference, some of the questions afterwards, and they were talking, and they were they didn't even know if Gettleman was there or not. <laughs> the owner, uh, John Mara, got up and spoke, but... Honestly, maybe if he's not there, that's a good thing. Maybe he's out the toilet, but uh, I don't I, think so. Yeah. I think he's here for one more year. Yeah, no, I know. I think so, too, and... Uh, but the question is, if the Giants, let's say, miraculously go 8-8 eight and eight next year or 9-7, and seven, whatever, does that keep Dave Gettleman around or... Probably. <laughs> Probably. And then he takes all the credit for it saying, look, I built this roster for you guys, even Which, though... When you actually do <laughs> some deep digging and look at the draft picks, I mean, is it really the case <laughs> now where if you hit on the quarterback, nothing else matters? Because... I mean, a lot of people would argue yes. The Giants had three first-round picks. You know? <laughs> I mean... Uh, we were talking about it all fair, too, another thing. I said they went 1-1-1 one, one, and one with their first-round picks. What did you get? I said 0-2-1. Oh, I think the two are 
Um, well, the one, I think, I think the one. Let's describe that. The one we put as we don't know yet. We got Daniel Jones. No, I put that as you Dexter put that Morris. as a win. I put, put Daniel, Daniel Jones on the as a win. win. So you giving you giving them the win. I'm not sold on Daniel Jones yet. I want to see another year, so I put him in the not so sure. The two, the two losses to me were Dexter Lawrence and DeAndre Baker. From what I've seen so far, number one, DeAndre Baker oh, still doesn't loss. know the playbook. <laughs> Okay, and he's running. <laughs> he's running man coverage when everybody else is running zone. Okay, so to me, that's uh, the fact that he can't figure out the playbook in a full year. And that worries me. They cut the playbook in half by putting him on one side halfway through the season, so you only had to learn half the field. And they ended up before they traded away Jank or before they released Jenkins, they were taking him off the field and mm-hmm. playing Sam Beal, a third round pick. Yeah. Is his first name Sam Beal? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what I was looking at with Baker. And, yeah, okay, you can say, oh, he didn't give up a touchdown between weeks four and whatever. But and the amount of pass interference calls he gave up or yeah, anything I mean, like just that. Just not knowing where to be, things like that. The guy, he's got physical mm-hmm. traits that you want from a corner. He's big, physical, and it looks like he can run with anyone. It's just he gets handsy, doesn't understand the playbook. Doesn't get his head around. Yeah, it's just stuff that— If the Giants change the defensive coordinator— That's going to be a problem. (laughs) And as far as Dexter Dexter Lawrence goes, you want to take take a guy that's a two-down lineman, basically. He's not a pass-rushing— D lineman. I think he had two and a half or three and a half sacks this season. And the Giants, I mean, he's better than Leonard Williams, I guess. But, I mean, the Giants. But if you move, he's a 3 4 defensive tackle. Let's say you hired defense coordinator who's a 4 3 guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I, I guess, I, I guess I could put him in the not so sure yet. I know the Giants' run defense was okay towards the it, end of the yeah. year, it got better. But. Well, I know You're, Pro Football Focus had him ranked at 77 and a half for the season, whatever you take that as. I don't really look into that. They have him on their all-rookie team. Some of the rankings, they just, you know, uh, I feel like that's almost by default because <laughs> how many other rookie D linemen played as much as he did? You know, yeah, he got a lot of experience, which is good. That's what you want. But I don't know. I don't look at Pro Football Focus with too much I don't put too much stock in it I know we've been we've had issues with them in the past and when we buy their platinum edition a couple years ago fantasy football and it was just like they were all over the place yeah it just <laughs> didn't really make much sense so uh, you know it is what it is but that those were kind of the big coaching change obviously the Browns haven't brought anybody in yet um, you know what other teams are there there weren't too many vacancies this year compared to normal I feel like yeah nothing crazy I mean four or five and then, you know, the big discussion, I don't know how much we want to go into it, is Stephen A. Smith ripping the Giants for the Rooney rule. Oh, they didn't they didn't abide by no, it? No, they did. Oh. Uh, but he was mad that the guy Eric Bellamine. The enemy? Yeah, I don't yeah. know how you say his name. Yeah. The offense coordinator for the Chiefs, like, didn't get the Giants job, and he was screaming about it. And it seems to be a big Twitter thing. I don't understand that. You hire the guy that you think is best for the job. Ray, uh, to me, race has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just looking at... I don't want to get too much into it because we don't have that experience as two white guys. Yeah. But, you know, when 70% of the league is black or... Yeah, no, I, I, I get the... I get the 
you know the gripe with it but how do you how do you know enough to make statements like that if you're not in the room with them like were you did they so they interviewed Eric Bieniemy. unless you were sitting in the room for the interview how could you say oh he should have gotten the job you don't know what the interview was like yeah maybe you know? he screwed up the interview or something yeah. or he didn't like maybe the Giants thought about it but he didn't like something he wasn't going to get full control yeah, I mean, you have situations like that, and then you have situations like in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin, where what they brought him in just basically... As the Rooney Rule guy, and he got the job. Yeah, and he ended up getting the job because he blew everybody away. So you you do have it both ways. I get the point that he's trying to make, but to say somebody should have gotten the job, why? He doesn't call plays. And he, he's, a co- he's an offensive coordinator that... You know, hasn't called plays. It's the same, he's the same to me. He's the same as everybody else. To be honest, I didn't even know he was black. I didn't because I, I don't, yeah, to it doesn't matter. So it's you look at the track record. To me, I I wouldn't have been happy with that hire anyway. I'm not so, I'm not fully happy with the judge <laughs> hire. I would have liked somebody else. But it, I guess all things being equal, well, that's just another thing. It's how do you know is any coach a good hire until you play a game? Well, now everybody's going to compare Judge to, I think, John Harbaugh because he was the last special, special teams, teams guy. guy. No, no coordinator experience as far as offense and defense goes, and he worked out okay. So you never know. It, it, there is something that goes to he has, you know, he talks to Judge talked to the whole team. That is he dealt the with every player of on the roster. The special teams, and yeah. he was coaching the wide receivers. I know. Yeah. That was a big thing on Twitter. The hot take was. Oh, look how bad the Patriots receivers have been. Again. Maybe that's just they sucked at drafting receivers. and Yeah, and, uh, you know, that to me that's more of a personnel problem. And I mean, Philip Dorsett was run out of Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, and Nikhil <laughs> Harry, who was taken before DK Metcalf. I mean, look at Metcalf. And before who, how many receivers? Yeah, so, you know, that, that, <laughs> that might be more of a, a higher-up problem. I don't put that on him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it obviously it remains to be seen and we'll, you know, keep a close eye on it as it goes, you know, hearing him talk today, you know, I was a little critical with the, him answering the questions cause it sounded like, you know, he was, tr- he was trying to evade certain things. Like he just kept saying, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want which, uh, you know, New York media, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, Chicago media, LA media, that's going to get old quick. Like. These guys are going to turn on him if he continue. If he yeah, but it's also his first interview, and he. How much does he really know about the Giants roster before well, they actually, breaking it down? They actually asked him a question about a decision <laughs> that they made in the playoff game for the Patriots. <laughs> they said, "What was up with not having a returner back there to return the punt at the end of the game?" That was interesting, and he. Mm-hmm. Refused to answer it. So, you know, it is what it is. He's moved on. He's with, you know, the Giants but now, so whatever. That could be, you know, maybe he wasn't allowed to make that call. Maybe that was Belichick saying, send everyone. Yeah, no, it could have. <laughs> it could have been. And uh, to be honest. It might have been because that offense didn't with the do amount anything. Of, with the amount of time that was left. Yeah. You know, maybe that's what they said. They said our best chance is to try to block this punt. We, they blocked a punt, a million of them this season. Yeah. You know, so yeah. why not go for it? So, well, yeah, it's... Everyone talked about the wide receiver, you know, but how good was the Patriots special teams this year? I mean, how many no, times did we talk about 
a kick return or a punt return. Yeah, just a punt block. Punt, yeah, it's just you know, obviously he's done a good job. I mean, they were the best scoring defense in fantasy football, and special teams have to have something to do with that. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, you know he. I know that's not the metric to look at, but no, but the, he did a good job in what he what his responsibilities were. I guess you could, yeah. you could put it like that. Um, so I guess let's jump to the games now. Yeah, let's take a look at the games. I mean, we might as well talk about the Patriots since we're on them. Yeah, let's... This was uh, a Saturday night game. Saturday night game. We'll, we'll kind of go out of order a little bit. But Saturday night game here, Titans beat the Patriots 2013, as I'm sure everybody knows by now. Um, you know, I actually... You were on the Titans. I was on the I Titans. On... The number was four and a half when we picked. I think... Uh, it didn't matter because... Yeah, they, they won the game outright. Uh, what were you, two and two this week? No, we actually pushed the Bills. We got them at three. Plus three. Oh, okay. I thought we got them at three and a half, I guess. Uh, okay. It might have opened at three and a half. Yeah, okay. Um, so, two, one, and one for me. One, two, and one for you. Yeah. Is that how it worked? Okay. Um, yeah, so, all right, so, yeah, I mean, the Patriots obviously couldn't get anything going offensively. They actually came out on that first drive. I think they scored right away. Um, but they just looked out of sync. Derrick Henry just went wild, and, you know, he's just been on a tear the last... That's the thing. They slowed him down for most of the first half. Oh, actually, I mean, they scored on their first two drives of the game, the Patriots. They go down, kick a field goal, then they go down, score a touchdown. It looked like... All right, the offense is looking pretty good. But as the game went on, you know, as we get into... They didn't score in the second, second half at half, all. Just nothing. How many times... I was listening to the game on the radio driving into work, and I heard the Tannehill interception. I was like, okay, this game's over with. Because I think it was 14-13 at that point. I was yeah. like, Tannehill's going to throw an interception in the fourth quarter? Or yeah, at the end of the third? At the end of the third. I mean, you just look at some of these drives, and... You know, three and out. six plays, 20 yards, six plays, 30 yards. They go for it, you know, inside their own, uh, in their own territory and don't get it. Didn't end up hurting them. The defense played great, uh, you know, which we thought they, yeah. you know, they would <laughs> outside of Derrick Henry just really, you know, 32 carries, 34 carries for 182 yards. Uh, that's... <laughs> That's what he's been doing second half of the year, pretty much. Tannehill didn't have to do anything in this game. He threw for 72 yards <laughs> and a touchdown. Threw, he only threw 15 times this whole game. Yeah. Even Mariota mm-hmm. comes in and throws a pass. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah. what is Mariota doing in there? <laughs> uh, he, Tannehill did lose two. He, he fumbled twice, didn't lose any. That, those were big. Um, and then Logan Ryan with the interception at the end of the game returned for a touchdown to ice, you know, ice the game. But... You know, this was all Patriots mm-hmm. offense. I mean, Tom Brady throwing for 209 and a pick. They ran the ball okay, but they couldn't, you know, it was basically 2-1 to one pass to run in this game. And, you know, could they have run the ball a little bit more? Probably. I mean, look at how many people had carries in this game, which was weird. And then you look at Sony <laughs> Michelle, he averages basically four and a half a carry. You think, all right, maybe he gets a few more. Uh, try to help the offense out a little bit. And when James White and Benjamin Watson are you and Rex Burkhead are your leading <laughs> receivers for the game, your top three, that's not good. Uh, you know, Muhammad Sanu, who was brought here to... It cost him a second-round pick. Yeah, and he non-existent. Usually that's a 31st overall second-round pick or a 32nd, but now it's going to be mid-20s. Yeah, no, this was just not... This was not the, the typical game that you would see from the Patriots. 
uh, and it came at the worst time. You know, <laughs> out of the playoffs this early for the first time in a long time. Yep, ruining my. Uh, yeah, you had them going to, to the, the Super Bowl uh, going and to losing. Super Bowl. So hey, I lost the Saints <laughs> too. So um, you know, it is what it is. But the uh, the early game on Saturday, the Texans beat the Bills twenty two nineteen. The Texans had no business winning this game. No, I can't believe they won this game. The Bills were up sixteen nothing, and then they stopped playing. You know what happened? They they, yeah. they played too conservative. That I told you that in the middle of the game. I was like, why are they not going on their, stepping on their throats? I think they were driving at the end of the first half and they were settling for field goals. They were running the ball on yeah. like a second and goal with like 15 seconds left or something. Yeah, I mean, you saw, you know, the where they settled for the field goal right before the half. I mean... Oh, yeah, 30 seconds left. Frank Gore, left guard, one-yard gain on yeah, the 22. Yeah, they were, they were basically <laughs> playing, you know, then Allen spikes the ball incomplete and then you <laughs> kick a field goal. Like, why are you giving the ball to Frank Gore? With 30 seconds left. Especially since Singletary. Why is Frank Gore even on the field in a two-minute drill? Yeah. Singletary had a good game. I think, I don't know if he broke 100. Maybe combined he had 100 all-purpose yards. You look at uh, Singletary, he had 13 carries for 58 yards, for four and a half yards. Yeah. And then he had six catches for 76. So he was at, you know, basically 130 all-purpose yards. When he touched the ball, Good things dynamic. were happening. And then you have, you know, you're throwing Frank Gore out there on a two-minute drill. Uh, the Bills were up 13-0 at halftime, and then they go up 16-0, uh, you know, I mean, towards the, Texans the end of the don't third. score until the end of the third quarter. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just, it, that drive was, was pretty much all runs. You know, you had two passes, and you had, uh, you know, basically eight running plays. Sean Watson with the big 20-yard run. To, uh, to put them on the board for the first time. And then you're like, all right, I mean, you know, <laughs> did you think the Bills were going to shut them out? No, probably not. But, you know, they're up 16-8. And then... Is this... Yeah, and then Josh Allen fumbles when he gets sacked, leads to a field goal. Yeah, I mean, it was just... The, the end of the game... I mean, it was nice if you're a Bills fan that... Yeah, you didn't win the game, but Josh Allen looked... Okay, at least. I mean, he's 0-2 in the playoffs now. Well, the way they started off the game, yeah. I mean, with a John Brown to Josh Allen. I, I mean, you were upset because you had Josh Allen scoring the first touchdown. It which 10, I should have won. 10-1. But, but my bookie. Yeah, that that uh, that site doesn't allow it. And the only site I've ever seen not allow first touchdowns. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Josh Allen, I mean, he threw for 264, no touchdowns, no picks. Obviously, he caught one, but he almost ran for 100 yards. Yeah. And so they, it's not like they weren't able to move the ball. You look at, you look at the team. You know, Buffalo had 425 total <laughs> yards, and but they just kept settling for field goal, field goal, field goal. And you know, even after the, even after the Texans scored that first touchdown, I thought the Bills would be okay. Uh, but obviously that wasn't the case. You know, it goes to overtime, and then you see, you know, kind of this guy comes out of nowhere. I don't even know. I didn't even know this guy. I caught the uh, big catch, thirty-four yard pass. Was it Taiwan Jones? I think it is. And he's played a couple games because Will yeah, Fuller is always out. <laughs> yeah, he's been around. I mean, he was a he's a running back, and he uh, you know catches a screen pass and goes for a bunch of yards. So you know the Bills had their shot. Texans, I think they you know to me Bill O'Brien 
did exactly pretty much what I thought he was going to do. First half, can't figure out anything. And second half, Deshaun Watson magic comes into play. He has, he, has, he has to thank Deshaun Watson a lot for this one because Bill O'Brien was not prepared for this game. You could you could see that. I mean, it was two straight years, I think. They said he was down like 16 nothing, or they were shut out in the first half of playoff games. Yeah, and Bill O'Brien's supposed to be this offensive guy, and he can't, you know, he just can't figure it out. So... You know he gets the he gets the win here. Now they go play the Chiefs, and we'll talk about that. But um, yeah, I don't see that going very well for them. Let's get into these Sunday games here. Saints lose at home to the Vikings, twenty six twenty. One of those games again. It just you know I I thought that the Saints pick was one of the safer ones on this slate at minus eight. I know it was a big number, but the Saints being at home. This was the one game I actually got. Uh... Right here, the Minnesota game. I was on Minnesota. Saints just couldn't do anything offensively, and I was so surprised to see this. Drew Brees on the field, you know, uh, pretty much vanilla offense, couldn't get anything going. Taysom Hill comes in. They couldn't run the ball at all. No. When Taysom Hill is your leading rusher. Four carries for 50 yards. I mean, it looked like Murray was running the ball pretty well, but, you know, you got to give Kamara the runs. Yeah, yeah, Murray Murray looked better than Kamara. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just been a thing all year with them. They can't get Kamara going or they don't use him enough. I mean, he had 15 touches in this game. He should have had more than 15 touches. When you're giving Taysom Hill, you know, four plus the catch, plus, plus, plus two catches, throw. plus the throws, you know, you're giving him, you know, almost double-digit touches – and Kamara's only getting 15, and he's supposed to, supposedly your most dynamic player. I mean, there are some questions about that as well. But, I mean, the Vikings did a good job. And then at the end of the game, Kirk Cousins goes down and... Makes that big throw. That was a nice yeah. throw. It was, it was a great throw. <laughs> getting uh, a hit and throwing a dime to Thielen. Dropping it right in the bread basket, as they say. And uh, oh, oh, the funny thing was we were all bitching about this watching the game. The uh, Stefan Diggs bitching about not oh, getting yeah. the ball while they're winning the game. Yeah, yeah, he's throwing <laughs> his helmet on the sideline. They're up by, they're up by, what? They, yeah, they were up by uh, ten. They at were like ten points at, at one point, and he's <laughs> going over to the sideline throwing his helmet like, "Give me the ball!" And it's like, dude, your team is up by two scores in a freaking playoff game, and you're complaining that you're not mm-hmm. getting the ball. Even Troy Aikman called out saying, what, what's going on here? Yeah, and and <laughs> trust me, I have no problem bashing Troy Aikman, but I was actually happy that he said something about that because, you know, that's just ridiculous to me that you would have that you would be in that situation where you're winning the game and you're not getting the ball, so you're going to complain about it. It's just ridiculous to me. And, um, you know, the, the pass from Kirk Cousins to Kyle Rudolph for the touchdown to win the game – that was like the the least climactic <laughs> way to, to everyone win the game. Knew like that play was happening in overtime. Uh, yeah, and he catches it and just stands there and you know <laughs> takes seventeen steps in bounds. They still review it to make sure that it wasn't pass interference or whatever. No, they actually didn't call that on oh, the didn't, field they didn't? to review it okay, because so. God forbid they did that. If they overturned that, it would have been our right, conspiracy theory. <laughs> they gotta help the Patriots or the or uh, the Saints. If out. they reviewed it and then they said no pass interference, the Saints yeah. fans might have burned the stadium to the ground. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just weird because he makes the catch to win the game, and it's like everyone's mm. just like, oh yeah, you know, because like you said, everybody knew that that's where they were going, 
they put uh, you know a tight end out there on a corner and just throw him a fade route, which <laughs> you know that's not a good matchup for anybody. So, uh, but big win for the. I, I know you kind of said it after the game was over. You said Kirk Cousins earns his contract by getting this win. I mean, you you'd have to say so. I mean, he advanced to the divisional night round now. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs last year. They blew that Week 17 game to the Bears. Yeah. Who didn't play anyone. But you got a playoff win. That's really what you can ask for. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Everyone thinks you're winning. Everyone hopes to win a Super Bowl, but let's say miraculously somehow they win this game against San Francisco. Are you talking about they're the team of destiny? Yeah. You know? No, I think that the fact that they're underdogs right now is helping them out. And, uh, you know, going into, you know, you think back to all the Monday night snafus that Kirk Cousins has had. You know, Monday night against the Packers, they're a five and a half point favorite. And they get, you know. Well, maybe that's they why they won, because it was a Sunday night yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. A Sunday during the day game. Big underdog. They come in, get the job done, and, you know, like you said, Kirk Cousins kind of puts that behind him, at least for now. We'll see what happens. Again, he's going into San Francisco. Nobody expects them to win this game. So maybe that's kind of, you know, the card that they need to play to, to have success. You know, whatever works. Uh, the last game here, Seattle uh, went to Philadelphia and won 17-9. We had three out of the four road teams win this week, which, uh, you know, you talk about – you know, home field advantage or home, you know, you look at the different sports, you know, hockey, home ice advantage doesn't really mean anything. Uh, baseball, home field advantage, I think, you know, helps a little bit. Football, you know, you like to think that it does for certain places, but I think we're seeing now that it's not so much the case. For some reason, it matters the most in basketball, which really confuses the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> Because, I don't know. There's no difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Um, but, I mean, Seattle, you know, it wasn't pretty. A lot of... Honestly, it was very ugly. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a better way to put it. It was very ugly. I mean, uh, the know. big thing was... I mean, it is a dirty hit. I don't think you can say anything I about that. I don't that. know. I, I, to me, I mean, he was, he was diving head first. But the way Clowney puts his head down yeah into the I guess back if, you wanna, if you want to break it down like that i mean as far he could he should have just slid feet first why you know he's that kind of guy that he's done that before and you know we've seen quarterbacks get hurt that way and it's just like what are you going to learn just to go feet first you're giving up what one or two yards because it's where you start the slide instead of where you finish you know have that one or two yards that he tried to get by diving head first you could argue cost them the game. Yeah. Because now Josh really McCown has to come in. Honestly, I think Philly wins that game if once plays that whole yeah, game. <laughs> yeah. You got to think that with him in the game, they're going to score more than nine points. They were, they lost by one score. That could have been the difference. So And the Eagles were moving the ball with Josh McCown. Yeah. Look at some of these drives. 69 yards. Yeah, 55. 52. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're moving the ball. Uh, you know, 64 yards. I think he 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 was out in the first quarter, right? Um, I think he was I out in the first quarter. Think so. Yeah, McCown. You know, mm -hmm. 64 yards for a field goal, uh, 52 yards field goal, 55 yards field goal. So they, you know, they were getting drives put together, and like you said, you have to think that if Wentz is in there, they're able to finish some of these. Um, you know, obviously Russell Wilson throws 325 and a touchdown. 
not too much running the ball on the ground, which is not what you want to see if you're a Seahawks fan. You want to see them running the ball. But DK Metcalf, 7 for 160 and a touchdown. Yeah. He, just, he just went off. He showed up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a beast, I think. He's just – he's a physical receiver, goes up. He's not afraid to go up and get the ball. Um, you know, Seattle, I think – I was on Seattle. I know you kind of the Eagles were your lock. I think for this yes, week. Yes, they were. And you know, you just got the short end of the stick with Wentz being out. I, yeah, that's the thing. It's you can't predict it's, injuries. It's basically, this turned out to be a pick'em game when it was all said and done. I believe it was either one and a half or one. Yeah, it actually and, dropped the line. Yeah, so you know, I don't blame you for taking the Eagles. It just worked. If anything, I was not impressed with Seattle. So yeah, uh, to go on the road and win that game, I think. You have to come away, okay, they went on the road, they won the football game, they played good defense, but, yeah, I mean, now going in to play Green Bay, I actually think that this is the best possible matchup for them, to be honest. Um, but We will see. We will see. So, so let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's jump in. to the next week. Yeah, let's run through these games. Uh, again, we have two games on Saturday. Two and two again. At different times, though, on uh, Sunday. Sunday yeah. Sunday's got some weird times. We'll talk about that. Just dropped my equipment here. Sorry about that. Um, but the first game here on Saturday is going to be San Francisco hosting Minnesota. Some big spreads this week. We have uh, the first one here. San Francisco is a seven-point favorite over Minnesota. What's your initial thought? Are you riding Minnesota again? Uh, yes, I am. Let me pull up a stat for you real quick. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how the 49ers do. With Kyle Shanahan and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo in his first playoff game. I know they're at home, but it's That not... is the thing. One of these bye teams is going to come out slow and sluggish. Yeah. It always happens every year. There's one team where you look at the score. You're like, how, is, how did this team get a number one or two seed? Yeah. And they just come out and... Slow. I honestly think that's... To me, if I had to put money on it, that would be... For me, that would be the Packers, but... I could see it being the 49ers as well. The only the difference between the 49ers and the Packers is that the 49ers have just an insane front seven. Like they're and that defenses I think tend to be a little bit more immune to that than the offense. The offense you you see come out and they can't move the ball. They you know the Patriots they can't get anything go or they get something going and then they just stall because they don't have they can't adjust to the adjustment that was made against them. You know, defensively with the D line, you're just saying pretty much. You know, obviously they got to stop the run. Dalvin Cook, you know, he's a great back. Obviously, well they controlled the game with Dalvin Cook. I think it was 28 carries. Did he have that many? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I mean that's what the that's what the 49ers want. Uh, that's what the Vikings want to do. I think the 49ers are, you know, more prepared in that sense. Uh, if you look at their their rush defense this year, they're actually, they can be run on. Yeah, that is a big issue with them. They can be run on, and when you look at Minnesota's offense, top five rushing yards on the year, uh, that's obviously, I think that's going to be the game plan coming out. They're not going to ask Kirk Cousins to drop back and throw the ball a million times in this game, unless he has to, obviously. But this D-line, I think, is going to be able to have some success. But honestly, looking at, if if Minnesota gets the same play out of their D-line, they can give San Francisco's D-line a run for their money. I mean, yeah. Neil Hunter was in Drew Brees' face every other play. Everson Griffin had a sack <laughs> and a half. I think they both had a sack and a half. And, yeah, uh, you're, you're exactly right. I think at this point in the season, in the playoffs, 
You're looking at D-line play. Can I mean, you get to the quarterback. Us as Giants fans, we know that for a fact that won us two Super Bowls was the D-line. Yeah, the only, that was the only way that we were <laughs> able to beat them is getting to Brady. And, you know, when you look at it, you could, you know, these are two of the top D-lines in the game. It's just going to be who's going to stop the run. You know what these teams want to do. They both want to run the football. Who's going to stop the run? You look at Minnesota's defense on the year. Both these teams can be run on. Who stops it better? Who stops it better? And then when they do stop it, who's able to get to the quarterback? I think that's going to be the answer. To me, offensively, both these teams are pretty similar. Pretty similar. Seven points, is, I think, is just for the way that these teams want to play. They want to work the clock, run the football. Seven points is a lot. So I'm going to go with Minnesota, too. I think San Fran wins the game because I think that they're just better. I think that they have the better chance of stopping the run and getting to the quarterback with the guy that the, with the guys that they have. And but Minnesota, I think you know you saw Thielen come up in big in a big spot. Well, this is my stat for you. This is from Joe Osborne. Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook have only played in ten games together this season. In those games, the Vikings averaged 27 and a half, uh, 27.9 points in those games. So, obviously... They score points. Yeah. Yeah. And... Thielen is questionable. Something with a cut on I his ankle. Obviously, yeah. he's playing. Yeah. So, yeah, you look at the injuries. Limbo Joseph, questionable. Thielen, now probable. Diggs, probable. Um, you know, that's pretty much it. That's what you're looking at for San Fran. I mean... If Quan Alexander's probable, that's big for a linebacker position. D Ford, you don't know what. D Ford questionable. That's definitely hurt that defensive line missing D Ford. Yeah, uh, I think that you know the questionable tag at this point for a Saturday game a little worries you a little bit, but you know I mean we saw we're recording. We saw Zach Ertz Thursday, play with a lacerated, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> lacerated. What do you have? Spleen or kidney? Kidney or something and. You know, so at this point in the season, I think, you know, he's had a couple weeks off to, to get ready for this. Um, you know, I have to imagine that he's going to play. But, yeah, I mean, that's a good stat. 27, 28 points a game. This is just too big of a spread for me. So we're both on Minnesota for this. Yep. Uh, the next game on Saturday, 8-15 in Baltimore. Tennessee is a 10-point underdog in this one. And, you know, I'm, uh, I think just my, my gut is telling me that the Ravens are just going to come out and do their thing. <laughs> I think Tennessee kind of got exactly what they wanted in that first game. And this is a whole nother beast. I, I mean, this is a game, the, un, the over-under is 47. I would look at the under because talk about the teams want to run the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, these are two. T- they just want to. Yeah, they just want to pound the rock, and obviously the Ravens do it a little differently. Right now, if you can get it at nine and a half, I would take the Ravens. Uh, the numbers at ten right now. I think I'm still going to take the Ravens here. I could see them winning by multiple touchdowns, and I, I do, I do believe that. I do believe that the Ravens are the superior team, and if you look at their. Let's get into some numbers. Yeah, if you look at their, I mean, their fourth-ranked defense against the rush, which is, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, yeah, obviously there's a theme here. You look at the rush defense, because a lot of these teams that are still playing now, they have balance. They want to run the football. 
And Baltimore's defense came on real good at the end of the year. They're top 10 basically across the board defensively. I don't see, you know. I mean, we're looking at some rain, it looks like, in this game. It's going to be warm, though. Surprisingly warm. 61 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, rain late, so there's, there'll probably be some showers around game time, which... The rain does scare me a little bit with the amount of the op, the read option they play. Yeah, a little the ball control, you know, slippery. Yeah, I could see that. The amount of fake handoffs they do, and if he's deciding to keep it or not, if he pulls it. Because we've seen it a couple times. He has fumbled on those read plays. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I just think that this, the way this game is shaping out, is going to be tailored right to what the Patri- the uh, Patriots, the Ravens mm-hmm. want. I think they'll be able to stop the run for the most part, at least enough to force Tannehill to have to throw, which we didn't see from him last game. Still unproven as far as playoffs go. You know, I, I'm I'm going to be on Baltimore here. I know it's a big number, but give me Baltimore at minus ten. Uh, I do think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'm going to take Baltimore, the 10. Although, this isn't my favorite bet. If anything, I would tease this game down some points. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, you know, getting it to, you know, 8.5 or, or even 8 if you want to take a two-point uh, teaser. I think I think the 10 points is, is going to be pretty much right on. It's just a matter of what happens late in the game. I, I think I think the Ravens will win by multiple scores uh, because of of their defense. That's I think that's what it's going to come down to. I did pull up this tweet from the Action Network. NFL teams coming off a bye in the regular season: two seventy seven, two fifty, and fifteen against the spread, about fifty three percent. Okay. But in the divisional round, twenty seven, thirty six, and one against the spread. All right, so that's pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a big difference. Obviously, the sample size in the divisional round isn't as big, but yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. These these Ravens are just they're such a unique mm-hmm. team. I feel like a lot of this <laughs> stuff doesn't really apply to them just because of how they play the game. But yeah, I mean, it's all about the numbers and <laughs> everything's computerized these days. So. You know, everybody's spitting out 10,000 simulations and all that. So uh, there's not so much feel anymore. It's Obviously, it's all about the numbers. But I, I just have a feeling, and it's, it's a combination of the two. The, the feeling I have and the numbers that, that we look at makes me think the Ravens can, can win this game by more than 10 points. We go to Sunday here. This is where our time changes take place. So now we have the first games at 3.05 Eastern time. And this is uh, Kansas City hosting Houston, another big spread. Nine and a half points. Kansas City's favorited. Uh, what's your initial thought here? Um, I mean, I'm taking the Chiefs. Houston has not impressed me. I know Will Fuller's still questionable. I mean, I guess he was technically a game-time decision last week. But I don't see him playing. It's actually a groin now they're classifying it as instead of a hamstring. But, uh... They actually played each other in week six, if you want to pull up that game real quick. Yeah, they, uh... I know Houston won that game. Yeah, Houston actually won that game. And... But that was also... 
you know, uh, was Mahomes even playing? No, I don't. Think, I think so, it was Matt Moore. Yeah, I mean, and it's not. And they didn't win by. I think they won by three. I think they won twenty-seven, twenty-four, or something like that. Yeah, I, I love the Chiefs' defense, the way they've been playing. But uh, they have been playing a lot better. They have been playing a lot better. Just an interesting note: Sean Hockley was the head official for the Texans Chiefs game in Week Six, and he will be the same head referee this week. And weren't there no penalties called on the <laughs> Chiefs in that game or something like that? I uh, so it was uh, maybe maybe it was a different game, but um, yeah, I mean Kansas City's defense. You look at their numbers; nothing like jumps out at you. They're pretty good against the pass because that pass rush, but that translates into uh, you know they do give up some yards on the ground. But Houston, I mean, they're not a team that's gonna just try to pound the ball. They they want the ball into Sean Watson's hands. They want him to throw it. And Houston won 31-24 was the exact score of the game. It was a close game. Um, yeah, I mean... I'm oh, there was a big pass interference call that was reversed. Okay. Against the Chiefs. That might have <laughs> been the tip of the iceberg where they started start they started to overturn a lot of these calls. Um, but I'm, I'm on the Chiefs as well. Uh, nine and a half. I think the combination of the firepower that the Chiefs have against this defense that really is, you know, they don't blow you away. Uh, with the way that their defense is playing, and then the coaching matchup with Andy Reid versus Bill O'Brien, I don't think it's even a <laughs> contest. Uh, I see Kansas City covering this, and and maybe even more. I see them winning by a, a good margin here. Yeah, I think home. Kansas City is going to crush them in this game. You don't really. I'm see... not worried about. I'm more worried about the Ravens. Yeah, you don't really see too many big spreads in the playoffs, but this is the divisional round where yeah. I think there are a lot of big spreads. Yeah. And you had some, some pretty good, you know, some pretty solid teams. You have one, two, you have three wild card teams that made it to the divisional round. Uh, the last of which is Seattle, and they're going to Green Bay to play the Packers. And uh, Green Bay is a four-point favorite right now. I'll tell you right now, I'm taking Seattle at plus four. I'm actually going to take Green Bay. Green Bay bur- has burned you a couple times this year. I, I hate the Packers. I just think Seattle has played... Very poorly. They don't have a run game. Look at how cold this game is going to be. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be in the in the teens. With the Packers snow already uh, tweeted out for they're asking some fans to come early to the game to shovel out. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I guess they, they should. <laughs> I mean, they do own the team, and so you know, most of them are, or some of them, they have stock in the. It's a publicly traded team, which is weird. It is, but it isn't. It's very odd. They don't have an official NFL owner. That's how we get a lot of the ownership data is because Green Bay uh, has to release it as public information. Yeah. Uh, yeah, negative I'm, seven. Yeah, that's that's what I want to play. Negative seven Celsius. So in the teens, nineteen Fahrenheit. I played a game in college once. Oh my god, it mu- it was definitely colder than this. And as an offensive lineman, our we were not allowed to wear long sleeves. Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> it was a bowl like a, game. It's like a rule for, for the, the hog mollies. You can't wear <laughs> a, you can't wear a long sleeve shirt underneath your jersey, even when it's frigid outside, which, you know, whatever. But um, I feel like that might do more bad than good. No, it definitely was because <laughs> I didn't play until the fourth quarter of the game. Oh, uh, yeah. So by the time you're ready to go in, I mean, what... 
I think wasn't it, there a... it was the NCAA record for a bowl game score for a while we lost 72 oh, 70 or something 72 to 70 yeah I thought you were going to say, like, 72 nothing. No, no, no. <laughs> we gave up, like, three scores in, like, the fourth quarter. We were by, like, 21. <laughs> wow. All right, so you'll never forget the, the combination of the two, the, the frigid temperatures and the uh, the uh, kind of the big loss there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, Seattle, I'm on Seattle. I think Seattle, they just play close games. And to me, Green Bay is not a team that's going to pull away from anybody. Aaron Rodgers isn't the same Aaron Rodgers in years past. He doesn't have the same weapons. And we saw DK Metcalf. I could see D- I, I could see DK Metcalf doing the same thing he did last game against this team. And Russell Wilson, I trust him uh, you know, uh, in big games. That's the thing. It's Aaron Rodgers also has a great record. These these games are usually weird. I know that's been going around Twitter some of the weird scores. If it was yeah, I just I like the four points. I think I think this is a field goal game either way. I think Seattle likes to be in these close games. I know that they haven't looked great, but they kind of play up and down to the opponent. Opponent. If their opponent is playing well, then they play well. If they're not, they don't mm-hmm. play well. It's it's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, I just see I see Seattle. If they do lose, I don't see them losing by more than three points against this team. I mean, the the uh, the Packers, the only blowouts. Oh, it was really, seventy to sixty-eight. That's where it was. Seventy to sixty-eight. I was looking up the score. We lost to Brockport, seventy to sixty-eight. <laughs> that's uh, it's a barn. It's a definition. That's like a that's a college basketball game, basically. Yeah, it is. It was. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, you look at Green Bay's, you know, games this season. They haven't blown anybody out. I mean, most of their wins are by one score, or, you know, a field goal, you know, whatever it is. And uh, same goes for Seattle. I mean, they're not blowing anybody out. They're not losing by a ton of points. Um, I just think I think this is just going to be a close game with the weather. They're both going to try to run the football. Marshawn Lynch may get, you know, some more carries in this one. That's the thing. Like we talked about it when they signed him week seventeen. There's a difference yeah. between being in shape and being NFL game shape. He can I mean, still run the ball. It's but what do you have? Six carries. I think it was seven yards last week. It's six for seven yards, and then the other back Homer had eleven for twelve. So, so they just couldn't they run the not ball. Running the they ball. couldn't run the ball. And, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go off of how both teams have played all year. I don't think either team is pulling away. I don't think either team is getting blown out, to be honest. That's what I'm looking at. So I'll take Seattle plus four. Is that the only one that we disagree on? Yes, that is. So let's let's make that our lock then. We'll make the head-to-head yeah. our lock. And we'll see who wins that matchup. Yeah. So uh, why don't you recap the picks for us real quick before we sign off and get into some uh, national championship stuff. Hey, um, I mean, it's pretty easy. We're both on Minnesota, plus seven, both on Baltimore, minus ten, both on KC, minus nine and a half, and then our split is you're taking Seattle, plus four and a half, I'm taking Green Bay, minus four and a half. So we agree on the big spreads and disagree mm-hmm. on the small one. Uh, but these are, I think these are all going to be, uh, you know. The thing is, one, one of these, the problem is, we all know one of these teams are losing. You do not, you do not see one and two matchups every year. No, no, you don't. Um, you usually, 
You see, you see a one or a two. Yeah, you do never. It's <laughs> it's not usually because yeah, but you always have that team that comes in and they get some momentum. You know, the wild card team that you know they get that momentum going in, and then I think last year what was it? Uh, Rams and Patriots was like the first one-one matchup in like ten years or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. I think if if you are gonna see it, it's gonna be in the NFC. I think I, it's gonna be either Seattle or Minnesota that's gonna uh, kind of move on to that next round. I know you, you're you on Green Bay, but in my opinion, Minnesota or Seattle is going to be one of the upsets this week, so we'll see about that. Uh, but that's what we have for you, just those four games this weekend, divisional round, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Like I said, so we're going to... Gonna, we're going to sign off. This is a, this is going to be a separate episode. from. Uh, we have Michael Vale coming on. We're actually doing it right after this. Uh, we're going to have him come on, talk some national championship. That's this Monday, the 13th. So we're going to bring him in to talk about that. And uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter, uh, Podbean, iTunes, Squaring Up the Sharp. On Twitter, it's at Square the Sharp. Uh, make sure to check that out. We tweet out stuff. Uh, Austin has control pretty much <laughs> of that. He tweets out some good stuff. Um, he's more, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in tune with the Twitter world than I am, so he's he's handling that. But um, so make sure to check us out on that. Check out the link, linksports.com, L-Y-N-Q, sports.com. Everything's free. Betting analysis, opinion pieces, that anything that you can ask for, pretty much. So check that out. And uh, we're gonna sign off now. We'll be back on. Uh, we're gonna have back-to-back episodes for you. So we'll see you in a, in a little bit. And here's, here's the squaring up the sharp. sharp.